Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, slips a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately. Got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for midweek news and notes. So for that, we bring in our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. Chris, happy middle of the week, brother. Hey, happy middle of the week. Um, yeah, I don't know what else, what to do with that, really. But sure, happy middle of the week. <laughs> Some people do stuff in the middle of the week. I don't know, meet friends for drinks, get a special kind of food they like, talk about what's going on with the Jets in the middle of that particular week, which is what we're going to do right now. And of course, the big news is that Mike White will return as the starter in this game against the Buffalo Bills at MetLife Stadium. We know what's going on here, and everybody's going to try to make more out of this than there is. And there's a quote that Robert Sala had that we'll talk about a little bit later. But the gist of it is, Zach Wilson is not 100% yet. Mike White will keep playing for now. If Mike White keeps kicking butt and the Jets win some games in the process, he'll probably remain the starter for the foreseeable future. If Mike White does not continue to kick butt and the Jets do not win games, then Zach Wilson will be back as soon as he's healthy. It's more or less what's going on, right? More or less. Um, I'll start here with I. I've, we're at a point um, where I, I just I don't trust that a single word that Robert Sala says to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this I want to be clear: this isn't a, a criticism. This isn't an insult. It, that's it's fine. They're supposed to lie to us a lot of times. Sometimes they lie to us when it's unnecessary. It, it's, it is what it is. That's how it goes. So it's not a criticism. It's not an insult. But we saw it a lot during training camp, specifically with injuries. You know, there was like the Bulls playbook where he just wouldn't give you anything. So, uh, Gase was pretty, pretty uh, honest with it, open about that stuff. Salah just flat out lies to us about stuff. You know, like Elijah Vera Tucker was day to day for three weeks during training camp. Um, so I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly with, I, I absolutely believe that Zach Wilson isn't healthy yet. I, I, that I believe hundred percent without a fact, but I'm still not sure if it's like 
okay, he's not ready for this week, but he should be ready soon. I'm still, uh, there's still some doubt in my mind that this could be a little bit longer of an injury. Uh, but what really topped it, uh, you know, the icing on the cake of me finally saying, yeah, I can't trust anything he said is um, he was talking about how they have four great quarterbacks that they, <laughs> they feel good about now. And I was like, all right, what's, what's, what are we doing here? What's the point? What's the point of anything right now? You're going to sit here and talk about four great quarterbacks you're excited to have on this roster. One of them is what? How old is Flacco? Like, come on, just stop this. Um, but yeah, so right now it's it's simple for this week. Zach Wilson's not 100. percent If Zach Wilson was 100, percent Zach Wilson would would be uh, getting the start here. If he's not 100, percent so let's say he's not this week, but he is next week. Mike White goes out, plays great against the Bills, and the Jets beat the Bills. Mike White's probably going to end up starting next week. And it's like I said last time, the reason for that is because the locker room's going to want it, and that's they're almost going to demand it, and they're going to have to keep going with that for, until the wheels fall off. The more likely scenario, of course, is maybe Mike White plays decent or maybe even plays good, but the Jets don't end up beating the Bills. And that's, that would be all the excuse that uh, Robert Sala <laughs> needs to say, all right, if Zach's healthy, we're rolling with Zach again. And it's really that simple. And there is a whole bunch of back and forth, a whole bunch of hypotheticals being thrown out. And then I've, I've listened to it and I'm like, yeah, this is why coaches always say I'm not getting into hypotheticals. The Robert Sala talked for like, I think it was 11 minutes and 45 seconds today. The very last question it was, 10, it was 10 and a half minutes of quarterback questions. The very last question wasn't about the quarterback. Everything else was about the quarterback. Um, and it was a bunch of hypotheticals, and then it was people pointing out, hey, but this is almost kind of the exact opposite of what you said to us in training camp and how it was just, you know, it's just Zach, 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 and now it's like there's some wiggle room, but wiggle, who cares like the idea of, oh, you're leaving some wiggle room, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Uh, no matter what, uh, we're going to see what happens and how it plays out. But like Zach Wilson is going to be the starting quarterback again at some point uh, after he's healthy. It might be a week later, it might be two weeks later, but it's going to happen. Uh, there's, there's like, there's almost. I'm not going to say never. I'm going to do the Tomlin thing here. I'm not going to say never, but Mike White is not going to be the long-term answer uh, quarterback here with the Jets. I just, I'm, I'm sorry if you think he's the new Tom Brady, but that this isn't going to happen. Zach Wilson will get his job back. Joe Flacco also shockingly not going to be the long-term answer for the Jets quarterback, but he will be active for the first time this season with Gang Green. He is going to be the backup for Mike White. Once again, this whole thing is so strange because Josh Johnson played really well against the Indianapolis Colts last week when he came in in relief for the injured Mike White. Under normal circumstances, you just roll with him, but they did make that trade for Flacco, and they were out of call-ups from the practice squad with Josh Johnson, so in order to get him onto the roster behind Mike White, they'd have to sign him to the roster to a regular contract. They didn't want to do that, so Josh Johnson will remain on the practice squad. Flacco gets activated, 
And this trade seems to look sillier and sillier by the day. But that is what's going to happen on Sunday. Joe Flacco will dress for the first time as a Jet this season. As we know, of course, he dressed all of last season as a Jet as the backup behind Sam Darnold. I, everything you said, just echo it. But uh, they've botched this again, I have to say. Botched this every step of the way here. And again, who cares? Because we're talking about a sixth-round draft pick and Joe Flacco and, and Josh Johnson. He's not exactly somebody who's going to be a QB of the future either. But they should have just had been fine with the, uh, Josh Johnson. There's no need to go out and get Joe Flacco. Um they, I, I feel like they should, the, the biggest reason why it, they might be able to find a problem with that is I feel like the coaching staff should have been able to like recognize that and evaluate that and be like, yeah, you know, Josh Johnson's fine for what we need to do here. I, I have no problem with them being surprised by what Mike White did, but they should have been able to see Josh Johnson is fine with what uh, what they're doing there. Um and yeah, like I said, Robert Solid did the had the quote about their four quarterbacks that they feel really great about. Which is a lie. Um, uh, if if they felt great about the Mike White and Josh Johnson, they wouldn't have traded for Flacco. Um, if they felt so great about Flacco, they would have signed him in the off season. Uh, <laughs> like if you you know the saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. I don't know what they say about four quarterbacks, but it, it's got to be really bad. If you have four quarterbacks, you have negative one quarterbacks, I believe, is the saying. Speaking of quarterbacks and not having a good one, the Jets had that problem the last couple of years with Sam Darnold. They were hoping against hope that Sam Darnold was going to turn into the guy that they expected when they traded up to number three in the NFL draft to draft him in 2018. Unfortunately, that did not happen and it has not happened for the Carolina Panthers either so far, Chris. Darnold had three pretty solid games in a row, especially against the Jets the first week, to the point where people were second-guessing the Jets' decision to trade him and draft Zach Wilson. But, as you and I pointed out at the time, a lot of those completions were easy ones to Christian McCaffrey, who did most of the work. McCaffrey got hurt, and the wheels began to fall off for Sam Darnold who after a three-interception performance in this past game against the New England Patriots now has seven touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He's averaging 6.5 yards per attempt, and his completion percentage is below 60%. So meet the new Darnold, same as the old Darnold, basically. Now he's got some sort of injury that's going to keep him out for a little bit. P.J. Walker is going to get the start for Carolina for the foreseeable future. Tim Jenkins is somewhere smiling, very happy about that because P.J. is his client. So I'm looking forward to busting his chops about that. But this goes back to what you and I say all the time, Chris. Don't get too carried away after a couple of games. And this is really a lesson that needs to be learned as it pertains to Mike White as well. It isn't to say that Mike White can't keep this up and be a good quarterback. Maybe he can. But just because he's done much better than people expected over the course of seven quarters does not mean that he's suddenly the future of the franchise. Just the same way that just because Sam Darnold had three pretty decent games to start the season meant that he was some brand new quarterback. We heard about how now he was with Matt Rule and especially the genius Joe Brady and he finally had weapons around him. 
and everything was in place, and now we were finally going to see what Darnold was capable of. Well, now you've got Joe Person, who's one of the top reporters on the Carolina Panthers beat, basically saying that the belief in the building is that Darnold is not the guy. They're going to have to move on after the season. Oh, and by the way, they already guaranteed Darnold that fifth-year option, which the Jets would have had to do if they had kept him. So I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they get into the Deshaun Watson Derby, assuming that there is a Deshaun Watson Derby. Maybe they try to make a move up in the draft to get a quarterback there if there's somebody they like. I'm not sure, but it seems clear that the Jets made the right move moving on from Darnold, not just because of the contract situation, which we had talked about, which is that Darnold was going into year number four, but also because we saw Darnold for three years. We could tell what he was, and as much as everybody wanted to blame it all on Adam Gase, and I'm sure Adam Gase didn't help, it was beyond Adam Gase, very far beyond Adam Gase. Yeah, it was way, way far beyond Adam Gase. If you want to make a, a case that, you know, when Adam Gase came here, that was the end for Sam Darnold, then then I, I can buy that. Uh, that, you know, he at that point in time, he needed somebody who would fix his flaws, and Adam Gase did not do that uh, and was not able to get him to do that. This This also goes back to why I talk about how it's, a borderline impossible really for us to evaluate college quarterbacks and then see who's going to be good. Um, and this goes for not just quarterbacks. It goes for all players. There's so many things that just, we can't have, we don't, there's no, we don't have an answer for it. And there's nothing we can do to get an answer for with these people. I don't know how uh, good they are at, simply reading defenses, uh, NFL defenses live as it's happening. That is the problem with Sam Darnold. Uh, just mentally, he can't diagnose the plays as it's happening. It, it, it's happening too fast for him, and he can't do it. He ha- wasn't able to do that here, and he's still not able to do that in Carolina. And then he has all his, uh, you know, his flaws in, in his game that compound everything. But there's no way for us to sit here and watch uh, college tapes and know how, like, smart he is football-wise with stuff. You can see some of it, of course, but you're not going to know about how is it going to happen on an NFL level. There's no way for us to know uh, all types of different things, uh, you know, about how hard somebody works because – this isn't uh, about Sam. Sam worked plenty hard. But the difference in uh, a lot of players, uh, uh, not as much quarterbacks, but the rest of the league, is there's lots of players who are just as good as even Hall of Fame players. They just didn't work as hard. They weren't as obsessively dedicated. So there's so many little things like that that make this impossible. But this, it is funny because this is like I'm going to say that – you know, obviously drafting Sam Darnold didn't work out for the Jets, but it was still a better move than drafting, say, Coan Barkley. Um, still throwing that dart uh, was a better move there. Just like the, uh, we don't know if Zach Wilson's going to work out or not, but moving on from Sam Darnold at that time was absolutely the right move. Uh, there's no way all the people who were sat there, just, oh, draft Penny Sewell. And then Sam Darnold will be great and fine. Well, go ahead. Look at all the talent on that Carolina offense and see how bad Sam Darnold's played over this last couple of weeks. It's not just the talent around Sam Darnold. It is actually Sam Darnold. 
that has been uh, very clear and obvious. And again, maybe somebody could have got in there with him earlier in the process and fixed some of these flaws and taught him how to diagnose defenses on the fly, but nobody ever did. And by last year, it was obvious that it was too late. It's that simple. Sometimes it's just too late. Uh, when you have too many flaws and too many uh, hiccup, like kinks to your game, uh, I remember Steve Young talking about this a long time ago. He said, you can work on your flaws all you want, and you can get it ironed out perfectly in the offseason. So every single thing that's thrown at you in practice and offseason, you got it nailed. But the second you're uncomfortable with a guy barreling down at you, like a 300-pound lineman barreling down at you, you revert back to your instincts. And you're going to make those same mistakes over and over again. And that's what happens if you let it build for too long. And Sam Darnold obviously did. I don't know what his high school coaching was like, but we know he got bad uh, coaching in college and he had nothing but bad coaching here. Uh, there, there was just at a certain point, there's no fixing it. And we are well past that point with him. Here's a quote that I thought you'd find interesting, Chris. Love Sam, have had his back in dark times, thought he would be much improved in Carolina. I was dead wrong. Can't defend him anymore. Way, way, way too many mistakes. Those are the words of the man that many of us consider to be Sam Darnold's unofficial press agent the last couple of years. Dan Arlovsky. So when you've lost Arlovsky, I think it's safe to assume that you've lost pretty much everybody else. But Denzel Mims has not lost everybody, even though he's had two rough weeks, as opposed to Sam Darnold, who's had three and a half tough years. He's dropped some passes the last two weeks. This week, he won't even get the opportunity to drop any passes because he's going to be out due to COVID protocols. However, Tevin Coleman looks like he may be back. He was back at practice. Corey Davis looks like he may be back. So what's going on here, Chris? It appears that the Jets are going to be without Mims this Sunday, but it also seems like Corey Davis is going to be back and maybe even Tevin Coleman too. The the Mims thing is disappointing also for, for the obvious reasons, but also I would like to see how many reps he would have gotten this week anyway because uh, now Corey Davis is back. And I'm also just wondering if part of the reason why they're not giving Denzel Mims reps is because they have Corey Davis and they want Corey Davis uh, taking those X reps. Uh, and maybe that's the only spot that they've, I don't know. But uh, I, 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 with Corey Davis, he is coming back. He talked today. Um, he will be back. So I don't know how much playing time Denzel Mims was going to get anyway. I would like an answer to that. And as we've discussed, I can't trust Sala with that answer. So I, I would need to see him suit up and be active and ready for a game and then see how many reps he gets. So we'll have to wait on that. But, yes, uh, Tevin Coleman's definitely getting closer. Corey Davis, uh, is he said he's going to play. He said he probably could have played last week. They, they just decided it was smart not to. Um, but uh, he, he said he was close and then obviously he, you know, he got the extra couple of days because of the Thursday night game. So he will be ready to go at bar, uh, you know, as long as there's no setbacks there and we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But obviously Elijah Moore is coming along nicely. Keelan Cole is getting a little more involved now. So Corey Davis as well. Um, you know, they're, they're going to need all that help that they, they can get against this Bill's defense. Oh, 
Although they had been feasting a little bit on, you know, the bottom rungs of the NFL because they basically played the Chiefs are the only good team they played and the Chiefs have been pretty bad this year. Of course, the Jets aren't much better than those other teams. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. They're definitely going to need uh, Corey Davis and all the help they can get. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Let's go through some of the quotes throughout the week. Robert Sala says he won't take on a bigger role with defensive scheming and game planning after the team's recent struggles. We talked about that, Chris. That is definitely going to be the case for now. But as you said, I also do not trust the word that comes out of Robert Sala's mouth. If this continues much longer, he's going to get much more involved. He's going to have no choice because there's no way that he can sit back and watch what happened to the Jets against the Colts and the Patriots and let that happen anymore. Those two games, the Jets gave up almost 100 points combined. That happens much more, and that'll be a disaster that Robert Sala will simply not be able to talk his way out of. We talked about what Sala said about the Mike White, Zach Wilson situation. It's day-to-day, Sala said. The Jets locker room will always have an opinion on what the team does. So that's exactly what you were talking about and what you've been saying for a couple of weeks now. We already talked about what the situation is with how Mike White could keep the job, but why it's more likely that he probably doesn't unless he plays awesome. Then, of course, as we just said, the locker room will speak up and that's just how it's going to end up being. Mike White will hold on to the job for that reason, at least temporarily. Corey Davis spoke, says he needs to trust that the coaches are going to put the right quarterback out there that will give the Jets the best chance to have success. He and the other players need to focus on what they need to do and not worry about who is going to be the quarterback. Ashton Davis spoke about being the Jets' longest tenured safety now, which is hilarious because he's been here for a year and a half. Says he's not going to try to play Superman. That's good because I don't think he would do well trying to play Superman. But John Franklin Myers might do well trying to play Superman. Talked about the defensive line, said they dominated the Titans, dominated the Bengals, but the losses against New England and Indianapolis fall on them. They've got to be better, goes without saying. If the Jets' defensive line plays the way that they did against Indianapolis or New England, they're going to give the other parts of the Jets' defense zero chance to be competitive, and it could be really ugly really quickly. So... That's what we heard from Robert Sala, Corey Davis, and John Franklin Myers. Chris, any thoughts? Ah, you know, nothing, nothing too interesting in any of that. Uh, I'll, I'll shoot John Franklin Myers and defensive line a little bit of bail here because uh, they are they have to shoulder the blame because they're the strength of the defense. But the linebackers and safeties behind them did not help at all. Uh, I I would even say, especially with the running part, the linebackers were a bigger part of the problem. But again, they have to shoulder that because they're supposed to be the dominant uh, part of the unit. Um, well, I'll add a little quote in there too because uh, somebody a- a did ask Corey Davis about if talking to AJ Brown about Elijah Moore. And Corey Davis told us that he, uh, the, as soon as the Jets drafted Elijah Moore, he got a, a, a text from AJ Brown just saying, "Hey, take care of my little brother." And then he said they talked, and he he, he quickly understood like how important, how much Elijah Moore means to AJ Brown, and he's like, "Okay, this is a responsibility now." <laughs> so uh, AJ Brown again, we talked about it when they drafted him. But there, AJ Brown loves him some Elijah Moore and uh, we got another reminder of that today. 
Chris, last order of business. I thought this was worth talking about. Frank Gore is going to be coming out of athletic retirement, not to play football again, to fight on the undercard of this Jake Paul-Tommy Fury fight that's going to be on Showtime in a couple of months. He is going to be taking on former Brooklyn Nets, Utah Jazz, and Dallas Mavericks point guard Darren Williams. And you and I were talking, Chris, before we started recording about how excited we were when the Jets got Darren Williams, who at the time of the trade was probably a top five player in the league. And then at the end of his first season with the Nets, he had gotten here during the trade deadline. This is when they were still in New Jersey. He ended up messing up his ankles, had surgery, and was never the same explosive player again. Tale of the tape, Frank Gore is 38 years old. He's 5'9", 216 pounds. Darren Williams is 37 years old. He's 6'3", 210 pounds. So Gore has a little bit of a weight advantage, but Darren Williams with a significant height and reach advantage here. You and I were talking, Chris, about this earlier in the week. You would have to assume that Frank Gore is in much better shape right now because he's so much closer to playing days than Darren Williams was. And as far as just general demeanor and attitude, Frank Gore is such a competitor. He's tenacious. He's vicious. Darren Williams was kind of soft. He wasn't really known as that type of player when he was in the NBA. So you got to give the edge, I think, to Frank Gore. By the way, it's going to be a four-round fight. You were asking me if I had heard about this, and I hadn't. And you're telling me about it, and I didn't even flinch at Frank Gore. I was just like, yeah, of course, that this is what Frank Gore is going to do now that he's unretired. Like, of course. Like, I didn't even flinch at that. He, he stuck around the NFL for as long as he could, so of course he's going to take a boxing match now. Uh, I, I like, lost it when you said Darren Williams. I was like, what? I haven't heard that name in so long. Not to mention, like, I, I think of Darren Williams in two – my brain did two different things there. It went, number one, oh, my God, it's so crazy. There was a point in time when Darren Williams was a, a, the best point guard in the NBA and better than Chris Paul. It was a very short period. I wasn't a big Darren Williams fan when he was at Illinois in college. I like Chris Paul much better. Then there was, like, a two-year period where Darren Williams was the best point guard in the NBA before he got traded to the Nets here. But the other place my brain went to – was that Darren Williams was always getting hurt. So, you know, boxing match, somebody was always getting hurt. Although I, I am inclined to think that we must be missing something uh, with Darren Williams' background. Because as you were talking, I decided to, you know, do a little Googling. Mm-hmm. And uh, Darren Williams is minus 225 to win the fight. Uh, Frank Gore is plus 185. So Darren Williams is a, is a decent-sized favorite to win this fight. I don't know... Odds makers, if if right now if they're just going with reach here, um, but I, I you know I'm, I I refuse to subject myself to watch these uh, Paul brothers things, but I might go ahead and throw a little something on Frank Gore at 185 just because why the hell not? Here's apparently what we were missing, Chris. Darren Williams has owned an MMA gym since 2015 and been training for several years at a reasonably high level. Training, not fighting at a high level. Two very different things. We should make that distinction. And so he's been looking to put this into practice and actually have a real professional fight at some point. 
Now is going to be that time. So we'll see. Apparently, he's been training with some really high-level guys over the last couple of years, and that's probably why he's the favorite, in addition to the fact that, as you said, he's got that height and reach advantage. So it'll be interesting. Like you said, when I first heard Darren Williams, that wasn't a name I was expecting. If you'd have said Kevin Garnett or somebody like that, I would have said, sure, Kevin Garnett, that makes sense. But obviously... Darren Williams has a different side to his athletic prowess. He was also a wrestler in high school. So we'll see where this goes. I'm not going to be paying to watch this, but when somebody posts the highlights on YouTube, I will check it out out of morbid curiosity. I'll admit that much. Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal. Thank you so much for coming on, as always, and talking about the midweek news with me. Really appreciate it. Follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Check out his very big deal work at JetsInsider.com. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Great videos being added all the time by the Thunder from down under Luke Grant. So check them out and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Also visit our shop at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. Great artwork from Luke Grant's significant other, Alex. You can find her on Instagram at underscore can I be frank. We've got the Zach Says Go Long shirt. The Bless You Thank You John Franklin Myers Quinn and Williams shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The Play Like a Jet logo shirt. It's all there at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. 